Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. And that's why you always make sure the turkey is completely defrosted before you deep fry it, Gavin. Ass. The following podcast contains... But I won't have anyone using bad language in front of a lady. Bad language makes for bad feelings. And I think they snuck in some bad language, too. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you went around calling yourself a feminist while groping on women, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, November 24th, 2017, Call Me Al edition of the show where we talk about the hypocrisy of certain Democrats. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Bumguard, keeping your keister safe from unwanted hands. Ladies, are you tired of some douchebag grabbing your ass? Of course you are. Bumguard is a comfortable, discreet, and effective remedy for wandering fingers. Simply slip the power pack into a pocket or purse, connect the Bluetooth sensors near your tush, and let Bumguard do the rest. When Bumguard detects an intrusion, it emits a loud, shrill whistle, followed by a stern warning of hands off the merchandise, perv. And if the hands are not removed, a jolt of electricity in five seconds, tasing the offender. The sensors and jolt are directional, and your derriere is shielded by insulators. Keep the creeps in their place with Bumguard. Use the promo code RESIGNAL at checkout and get a complimentary second battery pack at no charge. Ha! It's a pun! Tonight will be the last weekend update of the Al Franken decade. And here to give his thoughts on the 90s is Al Franken. Welcome, Al. Thank you, Dan. In December 1979, I sat behind this desk and asked you to think about what you could do for me, Al Franken. <laughs> well, it's 10 years later, and I know you're wondering what the 90s will bring for me, Al Franken. Another Al Franken decade? No. No, in the 90s, I'm going to be looking beyond myself, Al Franken, because frankly, I'm worried about the kind of world we're leaving to my children. I've had two this decade, a son, Joe, and a daughter, uh, boy, this is embarrassing. Um, I can see her face. She's, she's really beautiful. In fact, when I look at my kids, I see me, Al Franken. As a man, these past few weeks of revelation of sexual harassment and abuse were difficult because it forced me to think about some things I'd long preferred to ignore. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I know women had it tough, too. What with having every bad thing ever done to them by men ever dredged up from their memory, reminding them no matter what they might have thought, they are not exactly equal members of our society. So, sorry. But for men, it's been really hard. Because now every single damn one of us is thinking, holy shit, what if someone says something about what I did? I mean, hey. I wasn't a paragon of virtue when I was young. Young Dave in his 20s, uh, back in the 90s. What can I, uh, what can I say about that guy? He was a real piece of shit. Are there women out there for whom I'm the bad guy? The groper? The harasser? 
the guy whose face flashes across their mind when they hear a story about some rich and powerful prick tormenting women because he can? Do you have any idea how awful that makes me feel? The sheer weight of wondering if someone out there thinks about me in anything other than a positive paragon of progressivism that is the modern day Bledsoe. This must be so hard for you. It is. I mean, I'm a woke bro who prides himself on his ideals and now God, I'm, I'm just freaking out that someone is gonna come along and try to tear me down because I'm the host of a low-rated podcast that frequently speaks about how fucking badly we treat women in this country. I mean, what if a photo emerges of me pretending to grab a sleeping woman's breast? What if on some other low-rated podcast, one of the myriad of women that I was shit towards tells her story about the time in the bar in Germany that I said, well, if I can't buy you a drink, then maybe you could at least give me a blowjob in the parking lot. You did? Really? I didn't hear that. I did, because I was a terrible person. What would I do if those stories ever came out? Resign now. Exactly, because when your entire identity is predicated on a particular stance, like say you're a progressive politician who's really made their name standing up for women's issues, and it comes out that you have a history of, say, groping women, then it might give the appearance that you're kind of, uh... A liar and a hypocrite! Yeah, that. Am I ringing any bells here for anyone? I have suffered countless instances of personal embarrassment from people coming up to me, Al Franken, and saying, hey, Al, Al Franken. Did you sexually harass and assault women? A total of four women have now told stories of have being ass-grabbed by you, Al, some as recently as 2010. What do you have to say to that? Well, what Franken had to say was an initial, to the initial accusation by Lena Tweeden was a terse apology, and then a little bit later, when he saw how big the shitstorm was getting, he issued a more genuine mea culpa and threw himself on the Senate Ethics Committee as a sort of shortcut to admonishment and absolution. But now, three other women have come forward with similar stories of Al's photo ops and his... Every time I'm around that man, he tries to grab my ass. From the latest accusation in the Huffington Post, quote, the first woman who spoke to HuffPo on condition of anonymity because she's worried she'll be harassed online for making the allegation said Franken groped her when they posed for a photo June 25th of 2007, an event hosted by the Minnesota Women's Political Caucus in Minneapolis. She says, my story is eerily similar to Lindsay Mintz's story. The first woman said, he grabbed my buttocks during a photo op. The second woman told HuffPost that Franken cupped her butt with his hand at the 2008 Democratic fundraiser in Minneapolis and then suggested the two visit the bathroom together. She spoke on condition of anonymity out of fear the allegation would affect her position at work. She said, my initial reaction was disgust, the second woman said, but my secondary reaction was disappointment. I was excited to be there and meet him. And so to have that happen really deflated me. I felt like, is this really the person who is going to be in a position of power to represent our community? Franken replied to these accusations with, quote, I can categorically say I did not proposition anyone to join me in any bathroom. How seriously? First of all, the ass-grabbing thing. That's George Herbert Walker Bush's thing. And really, you need to be a 90-year-old man in a wheelchair for that to have even a chance of working. Second, the bathroom proposition. Are you sure you might have not made a joke, a riff in the moment that might be taken the wrong way from a guy who had just placed his grubby dick beaters on a woman's body without her permission? That sounds almost plausible. What the fuck is with you, man? You were already thinking about running for office. You were at a fundraiser, for fuck's sake. 
Did you not think maybe someone might see being groped not only as a grossly offensive thing, a thing to do to another human being, but as something that might make it into the fucking newspaper one day? I'm not sure which is more offensive, that you did it or that you thought you could get away with it. You, sir, are no William Jefferson Clinton, not even close. And Al has been fucking invisible since the story broke. One minute, he was everywhere. His name even mentioned in a presidential run in 2020, standing up to the creeping autocracy in the Senate. And then... Al? Al might be the first, but he's not the last. I mean, right now, Representative John Conyers of Michigan has apparently been using his, office, his house office fund to pay off women he's sexually harassed for quite some time. From the BuzzFeed News article that opened this kettle... Quote, documents from the complaint obtained by BuzzFeed News include four signed affidavits, three of which are notarized from former House staff members who allege that Conyers, the ranking Democrat on the powerful House Judiciary Committee, committee repeatedly made sexual advances to female staff that included requests for sex acts, contacting and transporting other women with whom they believed Conyers was having affairs, caressing their hands sexually, and rubbing their legs and back in public. Four people involved with the case verified the documents are authentic, unquote. The article goes on to report that Conyers fired the staffer who refused to have sex with him and then used funds provided for him by the House of Representatives putatively for the running of his office to pay a settlement to the employee in order to keep her from going public with the claim. No, oh, come on, man. The arrangement, while not illegal, is at the very least shady as fuck. Also, it appears this arrangement is common knowledge and common practice when a congressman does this kind of shit, which one could safely assume is all the goddamn time. Conyers has, finally, admitted to paying the settlement, but vigorously denies any wrongdoing. Really, congressman? How does that work? You didn't do anything, but you paid the woman six months' salary and she was free to find other work because nothing happened? Damn, I gotta get me a job working with this guy, except I'm pretty sure I'm not his definition of fuckable. And Conyers is not just another congressman. He's also a civil rights hero, a powerful member of powerful committees, and has been around Congress since the end of the last Ice Age. He's a fucking institution in Congress. And like most congressional institutions, he's thoroughly corrupt and rife with reasons he should be out on his ass. But we never will be, because he will always be reelected. Still, even the Detroit Free Press issued an op-ed demanding that Conyers resign immediately. Quote, John Conyers Jr. must go. After 53 years in con Congress, a stellar career of fighting for equality, after contributing so much to Southeast Michigan and the nation, it's a tragic end to his public career, but it's the appropriate consequence for the stunning subterfuge his office has indulged here, and a needed warning to other members of Congress that this can never be tolerated, unquote. Conyers has heard the call for his resignation, and issue the following reply. Uh, no, 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 I'm good. Uh, thank you. These two are just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, last night, Joe Barton, a long-sighting congressman from Texas, had nude selfies leaked online. Let me tell you something. There are things in my life that I could have lived long and happily without ever seeing, and among those were images of Joe Barton's Viagra dick poking out from under his giant stomach. I could close my eyes see it again and again. But at least Barton's images were sent to someone who wanted to see them. My God, but why? I don't know. I really, really don't know. 
There will be more sexual harassment scandals, not pictures of congressional dicks. Oh, God, yes, there's going to be more of those, too. But we are overdue for a massive release of political scandals with Garland politicians. We all know what's going on, but for some reason, Washington, D.C. has been largely immune to the Ipecac purging of shitty men in power. These men have been long considered themselves... These men have long considered themselves untouchable because most of them have largely remained untouchable. Franken and Conyers aren't going to resign because no one ever resigns over a scandal like this. The boys club on the hill closes ranks and protects each other because they know if just one of them faced a consequence, then it will pretty much bring it down on all of them. They all know if you start looking into things going on behind the scenes, then things are going to turn up. Committees will get formed. Rules will get made. And that fucks up the good time everyone has been having. Which brings us to our way back. Our way back this week finds us at 2 a.m. October 7th, 1974. A police car near Washington's tidal basins pulled up behind a parked vehicle with its lights turned off. Inside the car sat Representative Wilbur Mills, Democrat of Arkansas, the powerful chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. He had blood and scratches on his face, and Annabelle Battistella, a burlesque performer who went by the stage name Fanny Fox, was by his side. She quickly jumped out of the car and fled into the water. This was bizarre enough to make the papers both national and in Arkansas, and one might think it would be enough to end Mills' career. It was not. Mills showed up at a public event in Boston a few weeks later where his stripper paramour was performing. Then Fox called Mills up on the stage with her to grind and sing to him, and he went. That was how safe, how brazen he could carry on because the sex lives of politicians were simply not talked about in D.C. And Jack Kelly has more on that story. The joke goes that Fanny Fox has her ways and means, and this past weekend she apparently did. Wilbur Mills arrived in town Friday night and checked into a four-room suite at Boston's 57 Hotel Complex, registering under the name of an aide. Saturday night, he went to the Pilgrim Theater to see Fanny's burlesque show, and at its conclusion, the Argentine firecracker asked Mills up on the stage. To the surprise of the audience, he honored that request, and a photographer was there to record the incident. Sunday morning, the Arkansas Democrat awoke to read about his activities for the previous evening. He left the hotel with the Tidal Basin bombshell around 2 Sunday afternoon, and they went straight to the theater again. The theater manager said Mills had been drinking the previous evening and was upset about the newspaper pictures when he arrived at the theater the second time. Members of the Boston press were at each of the theater's exits, so Wilbur was unable to slip away unnoticed. Finally, the powerful member of the U.S. House agreed to talk with reporters. Are you visiting the show in New York? Will I be in New York? No, I'm canceling in that. What did your wife say about this? What did your wife say about the headlines this morning? This afternoon. What did your wife say today when you talked to her? We're canceling the show. What? Which show? Which show? <laughs> after New York. No. No more shows after New York. No, that's not true. No. We are. No, that's not true. Well, you know it is. No, I'm not canceling. 
It would come out that Mills carried on a 17-month affair with a married Argentinian dancer, which led to a pregnancy and an abortion. He had won re-election in November 1974 after their scandal initially broke, but was removed as chairman of the tax writing committee when the next Congress convened in 75. He announced afterwards he would not run for re-election. After Mills, everything was on the table. Congressional sex scandals became derigeur. Consequences for those scandals did not. On July 14, 1983, the House Ethics Committee recommended that Representative Dan Crane, Republican of Illinois, and Representative Jerry Studs, Democrat of Massachusetts, ironically named there, be reprimanded for having engaged in sexual relationship with minors, specifically 17-year-old congressional pages. Washington, D.C. law specified the age of consent was 16, meaning that the relationships were legal. However, the committee felt that any sexual relationship between a member of the House of Representatives and a congressional page, or any sexual advance by the House to a member to a page, represents a serious breach of duty. The congressional report found that in 1980, a year after entering office, Crane had sex four or five times in his suburban apartment with a female page, and in 1973, the year he entered office, Studs invited a male page, who testified he felt no ill will towards Studs, to his Georgetown apartment, and later on, a two-week trip to Portugal. Both representatives admitted to the charges. Both men would later see their punishment up to a more serious censure, but neither resigned. Crane would lose his seat the following election, but Studs, again, living up to his name, would go on to serve many more years and was in fact the first openly gay member of Congress. And all of that might have been funny at the time, but these were fucking kids. They were pages. They were high school students. It's fucking disgusting that they were not expelled from Congress. Oh, fucking high school students. You know, maybe, just maybe, Roy Moore will fit in just fine up on Capitol Hill. Right now, the Democrats have two powerful legislators facing accusations of terrible behavior. And right now, the Democrats could set the tone for all the horrible people that will follow because what will follow will be worse. And by sheer odds alone, we'll lean heavily on Republicans. Republicans who have no reason at all to feel shame for any of the terrible things they did. I mean, we're talking Republicans here. They're incapable of shame. By not insisting Franken and Connolly resign and resign now, Democrats lose the moral high ground. This could be a watershed moment in the Democratic Party. We could finally show we had real fucking backboned guts. And if it means we lose a couple of liberal lions, fuck it. We don't need them. Conyers is a civil rights hero. Frank and a bold voice of the new left. And if we say get out to these people we love, who are our history and perhaps our future because they're shitty human beings, then we set the tone for the future. The people we get to replace them will not have creepy skeletons in their closet waiting to come out when they can do the most damage. We start a purge and we start it now and we take the narrative over and make it clear. We've made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. They invade our space and we fall back. They assimilate entire worlds, and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. We do this not just because it's politically expedient, 
Because it also says who we are. It says that we mean it when we talk equality and inclusion. That women and minorities are valued members of society and we hear and believe them when they say that they are wrong. If we don't do this, then they will get sick of our shit and they will stop voting for us. After all, if we don't care enough to listen to them, why should they care enough to vote for us? But wait, Dave, wait, wait, what about fake news? I mean, it's easy just to say someone did something to you even if they didn't. Get the fuck out of here. Don't start with that conspiracy bullshit. No one is going to get a bunch of random women to start accusing a politician for pay or ideology. That kind of shit always blows up, and all it takes is one twinge of conscience, and people start talking. If the accusation comes from a credible source on a credible publication, listen to it. I mean, fuck. Wannabe Nazi Mike Chernovich gave the documents about Conyers to BuzzFeed, and he did it because he had a political axe to grind. But BuzzFeed verified the documents and found other sources and corroborated the story. Yes, this moment is being weaponized, the Me Too moment, and it's going to be used against politicians, and, po and if that politician had not actually done the shitty things that they are being accused of, it really couldn't be used against them. So resign, Al Franken. Resign, John Conyers. Do the right thing. You fucked up. You treated women like objects instead of people. You let your own desires take over. You let the little head think for the big head, and now you pay the price, and you fucking deserve it. Democrats, hold our politician to the same hard standard. We hold fucking Roy Moore and Bill fucking O'Reilly. If they are shit, flush them. We can change the fucking world right now. Don't waste this moment, because as the old saying goes... If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Oh, what did you think I was going to say? Be the change you want to see? And oh, yeah, you know, at the beginning of the show, the little sketch about me fucking worrying about my own problems and being caught. Yeah, right now, if you're sitting there and you're a man and you're worried about that shit, good. You ought to be. If we fucking did wrong, we deserve to be called out. So to all the women I was a total piece of shit to in my youth, I actually sincerely apologize. I was a callow little prick who was terrified of women. I transferred that insecurity and pathetic need for your affirmation and affection into prickish aggression and sexual harassment. I was pathetic and weak, and while I don't deserve your forgiveness, I hope that you at least understand that I was the one who was a sad little shit, and eventually, I did grow up and I got better. Or at least, I stopped being a shit to women if I never actually grew up because i'm pretty sure that's never gonna happen i mean i just said if it's brown flush it down god what am i 12 hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. We hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving and are enjoying the annual capitalist orgy that is Black Friday. Hoping you've only killed maybe one or two people fighting over some shitty electronic that will do nothing but make your life emptier and more pointless. If you're looking for other ways to hurt people, rate and review this show on iTunes so they can find it, and we can make their lives emptier and more pointless. If you would like to stare into the dark void of my soul even more, follow the show on Twitter at thehell__podcast.com or the show name on Facebook. All of the shows are at the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the turkey-bloated producer Gavin... 
Honestly, dude, 17 pound bird. How did you eat 15 of them? God. And all the other fictional Black Friday shoppers on this show, we want to say that if you need a bodyguard, you probably shouldn't use Al Franken. I hear he's really handsome. We'll see you all next week. I want a shot of redemption. I don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Now bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Hey, far away in my well-lit door. Hey, Mr. Beabelly, Beabelly, get these months away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be a long lost pal. I can call you Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. Man walks down the street, he says, Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention. And, Whoa, my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model? Now that my role model is gone, is gone. He ducked back down the alley with some roly-poly little bad-faced girl. Hey, all There were hints and allegations If you'll be my bodyguard I can be a long lost pal I can call you Betty Betty when you call me You can call me out You can call me Maybe it's the